Good morning, church family. We want to welcome you to our Sunday morning service. And, you know, it's kind of strange. We're adjusting to a bit of a, of a new normal. But here's the great news. Wherever we are, we are still the body of Christ. We are still the people of God. And I wholeheartedly believe that wherever you are, right here in this very moment, that God is present with you and with us here in this room even right now. And so, and so as we sing, as we worship, remember that there are other believers, other people in our church family that are singing along with you and worshiping the same God wherever you are. So this morning as we, as we sing, as we, as we worship, I just ask you, sing along with us. Sing with your whole heart. In spite of what's going on in the world around us right now, take these next few moments to just focus in and worship him. So would you worship with us this morning? Consuming fire in victory, you reign. We try. 
our faith and trust in you. And right now, we declare that we will follow Jesus, that we will serve Jesus with our whole heart, with all our strength, with all our might, with all our power. We will love him. Let's declare it this morning. your hands to him in praise. Surrender your life to him. Lord, we lift our hands in praise and surrender that you are our Lord. You're our king. We want to live our lives to serve you, to honor you, to bring you glory.
Jesus. Jesus, we worship you. Thank you, Lord, that your word declares to us that you never leave us, you never forsake us, and you are with us always. And just as we have been singing that we are not alone, some of you have been spending a lot of time alone, and it is such an encouragement to know that we are not alone, but our God is with us. And just as we have been singing these prayers to God, open up our eyes. Surround us with your love. I just want to remind you today that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Neither height nor depth nor angels nor demon nor anything else in all creation, Scripture says. And we can add pandemic to that too. Nothing is going to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And as you face situations in your life today and you say, how are we going to get through this? What's going to happen? I have nothing. I'm out of control. I, I, I don't know how this ends. As we were singing that last song, what was coming to my mind was a picture of the children of Israel standing at the Red Sea with the sea in front of them and the Egyptian army behind them. And there is Moses with a stick. That was what he had. He had a stick in his hand, and that seems like a very impossible situation. What are you going to do with a stick when you've got a sea in front of you and an army behind you but God? But God, and God took that stick and he parted the sea and the children of Israel were brought to safety with protection. And I just want to encourage you right now in this moment that that same God that parted the seas with that stick is the same God that is with you right there in your living room or wherever you are watching from. And he sees your need. And he can take what is in your hand, the praise that is on your lips, and it is a powerful, powerful weapon. And so I, praise, I pray that as we go through this service today and as you've sung these songs and you're going to hear the word delivered, that, God, you would open up our eyes, that we can hear what you are speaking to us, and that we would not have the spirit of fear in our hearts, but love, power, and a sound mind. Because it is not by our might, it is not by our power, but it is by the Spirit of God, says the Lord Almighty. And so with those promises and that scripture in mind, let's go to the Lord right now in prayer. And take those needs that are on our hearts to him and lay them at his feet and say, Lord Jesus, here they are. I just agree with you, whatever. Just raise your hands. Whatever that need is, we just raise your hands right now and just surrender to him. Lord God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you do not leave us. We thank you that you do not forsake us. God, and, and though the situation in front of us and behind us 
may seem insurmountable, impossible, but God, but God, you start with the impossible and you make a way just as we sang in that song. So right now, God, we surrender our lives to you. We declare, God, that we want to follow Jesus, that we will put the cross before us, the world behind us, God, and that we will do our best to listen to your Holy Spirit speaking to us. Take what is in our hands. Use it. God, take the words that we speak, and may they speak blessing to others. May we witness to others. May we share the love of Christ, the joy, the supernatural peace of God that you are putting in our hearts through these trials that we go through. God, may people see that and notice and ask, what is different about you? And that, God, that we have opportunity to share. So, God, I just thank you. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your goodness in our lives. We come with a heart of gratefulness to you right now. We say, Lord Jesus, we honor you with our lives. We give you praise. You are worthy of our praise. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit ministering right here, right now. Just minister, God. Minister that faith, the faith we need. We trust you. Just declare it to him right now, God. We trust you. In the name of Jesus, we trust you. Thank you, Lord, that nothing separates us from your love. We just hold to that. And we give you thanks and praise. We just declare it right now in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen, church. It's good to worship the Lord together. Thank you for singing with us. Giving option one. Go to our website, www.evangelheights.org. Click on the Give Now button, and it's going to open up an information page. You're going to enter the amount you want to give. You're going to click whether it's a one-time or regular gift, and then you're going to click Continue after filling out all of the information. You're going to add your bank account or your debit card or credit card information. Then you will see it process, and that's it. Giving option number two, the Church Center app for Apple or Android. In this case, go to the App Store. You're going to type in the search window, Church Center. Click on that and download it to your phone. Once downloaded, open it up and click Get Started. You can use your location or set up manually. Enter the name of your church. In this case, it's Evangel Heights Church, and our zip code is 16055.
and then click Next. Now you have to enter your phone number. Once you receive a six-digit text, enter that in. Once you have done that, click Login. Now you're going to click on the Give button. In this case, we used $1 as an example. Once you have your amount selected, you can click Next. You can fill in whether it's a one-time or reoccurring gift. Once you have filled in your credit card information, you can cover the processing fee or not. Then you can click Next. Now it will show you your total and ask you one last time to give now. If you are ready to give that amount, click Give. Text 843-21 using your texting app. Text 843-21. Then you visit the link that is provided for you. You're going to put the church's name in. And now you can enter the physical address or zip code. Now you will fill in your email, your first and your last name, and then you will click continue. Now you get to select your payment type, whether that be your bank account or debit slash credit card. Once you have all that information filled out, you can click Donate Dollar Amount. And that's it. This is how you know you gave. Thank you so much for giving. We really appreciate your donation. God bless you, and have a good day. Well, good morning, church family. It is a pleasure to be able to share God's word with you this morning. And hard to believe we're on the second week now of this sort of break from reality, it seems like. And, uh, and, but I'm excited to share with you what God has been showing me in this season. You know, last week, Pastor Corey uh, talked a little bit about, you know, how we can use this extra time that we have to grow closer to the Lord. But I know that that can be a difficult thing. When we're at home by ourselves for long stretches of time, you start to get a little bit stir crazy, don't you? Um, just last week, um, my kids, uh, about you know halfway through the week, all I started to hear was, Dad, I'm bored, I'm bored. And uh, even my littlest one, when we had church on Sunday and we were watching, uh, we were watching service on YouTube, um, and I'm going to splash a picture up here so you can see it. My little, my little guy, Gideon, he's four years old. He, he's really bored, and he went a little bit crazy, and he just, for Sunday service, he stripped down to his underwear, and he's bouncing off the couches, and he's dancing around, and, and just going crazy. Um, you know, for a little guy to be in one place for a long period of time, it's kind of tough. And now, hopefully, you're not ripping off your clothes and running naked around the house like my little guy, but, but for some of us, you know, there may be more than just cabin fever, um, for some of us, there may be frustration. For some of us, uh, there may be fear, fear of, of lost wages, fear of not having a job when this whole thing is over. Uh, maybe there's fear of sickness, fear of death. Uh, and, you know, for many of us, there may be some legitimate questions of what is God doing 
in the midst of all of this? Where, where is he right now? And here's the thing, though. Do you want to hear something sort of interesting? We find quarantine in the Bible as well. Yes, quarantine of all things. You're actually going to see it in the story that we're going to look at today. It's a sort of holy quarantine that God uses. And in this story, we're going to discover a spiritual principle that I believe can help us in times like this. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. And and let me set up this very familiar story, which I think many of us have heard many times before. But here in Exodus chapter 12, we have the, the people of Israel who have been enslaved in Egypt for hundreds of years at this point. They've uh, undergone some tremendous persecution. They've, they've endured forced labor. They've been worked to death, literally worked to death. Uh, their sons, their, their baby boys have been slaughtered by Pharaoh, thrown into the river. And now Moses shows up out of the blue. Now you remember Moses, he was a Hebrew and he sort of got snuck into being the prince of Egypt And he killed an Egyptian who he saw mistreating one of his fellow Hebrews. And he ran for it. He just ran. Ran off into the desert. But all of a sudden, Moses is back. And he he shows up with a message for Pharaoh from God himself. That Pharaoh has to let the people go. And you may remember, um, it doesn't work out so well at first. It gets Pharaoh pretty riled up. In the midst of all this, he takes away the straw that the Hebrews needed to make the bricks. And the people, well, the people don't like that. The people get pretty fed up themselves. Uh, Not just fed up with slavery, but fed up with Moses too. And then what happens next? God sends a wave of plagues across the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh, well, he's still not listening. He gets even more stubborn. He isn't budging And to be honest, things are starting to look pretty bleak for everybody involved. But then we get to Exodus chapter 12. And I'm going to start in verse 21. Here's what we read. It says, Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop. Dip it into the blood in the basin and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the doorframe. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and the sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you, as he promised, observe this ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, who passed over the house of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshipped. And the Israelites did what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. At midnight, we read that the Lord struck down All the firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on the throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner, who was down in the dungeon, and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. 
And Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night and there was loud wailing in Egypt for there was not a house without someone who was dead. And during the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, up, leave my people, you and the Israelites, go worship the Lord as you have requested. Pretty powerful, incredible story. But do you see what God does here? You know, many of us know that the blood of that lamb that was spread on the doorposts symbolized the blood of Jesus that would save us from sin and death. But there's something else going on here that I don't think we always pick up on. You see, how does God accomplish all of this? He confines the people to their houses. Remember what I said about a holy quarantine? Well, here you have it. God confines his people to their houses. He shuts them in to these small spaces and he forces them to sort of hunker down with each other. And he gives them some instructions. He tells them to share a meal together that symbolized their soon coming deliverance. You know, at this point, you gotta believe that the Israelites were probably scared to death. Um, they've seen the plagues. They've seen uh, the power of this God that they barely knew. Now, you got to remember, um, these Israelites, they hadn't heard from God in a long time. For them, it was probably sort of a matter of legend how God had spoke to their forefather Abraham. They didn't quite know him anymore. Um, and when they heard angel of death, destroyer, you got to imagine they were terrified of what was about to happen. Now, remember, too, we here in the 21st century, we know how this story ends. Uh, but this was brand new to them. God had been silent for almost 400 years, and the Israelites really didn't know who he was or what he was up to. And what do they have to do? They have to endure a night of complete uncertainty. You know, you figure in the middle of the night, they're hearing wailing and weeping and screaming and crying as all around them, the firstborn of all these different households are, are being destroyed. And all that they can do in this time is to pray and trust that God is going to hold true to his promises. But you know what? God knows what he's doing. He forces them to endure this very, very dark night because he's spiritually preparing them for what's about to happen. He's spiritually preparing them for deliverance, for new things, for a new season, to bring them out of Egypt and to take them towards the promised land. So what happens? In the morning, they wake up and the whole world has changed. Uh, Pharaoh has released them. Moses leads them out into this brand new season. Folks, here's what I, I believe we need to learn from this particular story. Sometimes God allows us to go through dark times. Uh, in the Middle Ages, there was, uh, there was a, a fellow by the name of St. John of the Cross. And he believed in what he called the dark night 
of the soul. Sometimes God takes us through very dark seasons. Um, in the church world, we sometimes like to call these spiritually dry seasons or spiritual deserts. But they're not for our punishment. That's, that's not the point. Um, these spiritual deserts have a purpose. These dark nights of the soul have a purpose. God wants to shake us. He wants to force us to our knees, not, not to break us per se, not to punish us, but to cause us to surrender to him and to what he wants to do in our lives. You see, we get caught up in our lives with a lot of silly things, a lot of silly distractions. And sometimes the only way that God is able to break through is to take us through these dark nights of the soul, to take us through these spiritual deserts so that we learn how to surrender to him. Um, these spiritual deserts, these are times where God seems distant. Maybe he seems confusing. We're not sure what he's up to. I'll, I'll be honest right now, I, I don't know exactly what he's up to, but I know he has a purpose. I know he knows what he's doing. Um, God does it to help us evaluate our priorities. But here's the awesome news, folks. God is doing all of it for a reason. It's usually because he's preparing us for something bigger that's coming along. He uses uh, these dry times to mature us, to mold us, to shape us, and to grow our faith. So what happened to the Israelites when they left Egypt? God led them by Moses. He led them to the Red Sea. And in that moment, all hope seemed lost. But guess what? God had delivered them once and he was going to do it again. He showed them his power there at the Red Sea. And you know, here's the amazing thing. This principle of how God leads us through spiritual deserts, he quarantines us, so to speak, for a reason. There are a lot of biblical examples of these God-ordained desert times. Um, Joseph, when he was in slavery and in prison, before he became Pharaoh's second in command. God was shaping him for that, for that position. Moses, who fled Egypt and became a shepherd for 40 years. That was a desert season. But then God commissioned him to return and to deliver the Israelites. The Israelites wandering in the desert for 40 years before finally entering the promised land. God was preparing them. David in the wilderness, when he was on the run from Saul... God was preparing him. Elijah in the cave when Jezebel was seeking his life and he said, oh, I just wish I was dead. <laughs> what happened at the end of that? God showed himself. And God moved him into a new season of ministry. Jesus, fasting in the desert for 40 days, being tempted by Satan before he began his ministry. The disciples who waited in the upper room, waiting and praying for the Holy Spirit. Look, they, they didn't know quite what was going to happen next. All they knew was Jesus had told them to wait. So what did they do? They quarantined themselves in the upper room. They endured that spiritually dry season and they prayed and they sought God. And guess what? God came through and he launched them into new things. I could go on and on and on. 
Folks, listen. Listen carefully. When we go through times like this, when we go through difficult seasons and we're wondering where is God in the midst of this, don't get discouraged. Instead, my encouragement to all of you, hunker down, spend time praying. See, look, as this, as this continues on, as we get further into this process, as we quarantine ourselves, God's beginning to shake us. It's not, a, it's not a pleasant time. I wish I could say it was, but he has a purpose. And you know, usually, usually when we go through these spiritual deserts, usually it's just on an individual level. But what's exciting about this time right now, church, is that he's doing it on a corporate level. He's shaking all of us. And so I have to believe that if he's shaping us corporately, if he's taking all of us at one time, the whole church, through a spiritually dry season, he's preparing us for something big. And I don't know what that big thing is, but I know this. He's going to use us. And he wants you to use this time to seek him with your whole heart. Allow him to mold you. Allow him to shape you. And allow him to prepare you for what's next. Would you pray with me? God, our Father, these seasons can be so incredibly difficult. And I know we have a lot of fear and anxiety in our world right now. We look at our neighbors. We look at the people in our country and the people across the world who are getting sick, who are facing very difficult situations. And not just a virus. We're, we're facing the loss of income, the loss of jobs, uh, a, a down economy, um, a lot of fear and uncertainty. But I believe wholeheartedly that you know what you're doing, that you are trying to get our attention. And as you grab our attention, may we not resist it, but Lord, may we seek you with our whole heart. Father, even now, even now, as, as a caterpillar has to turn inward and, and go inside its cocoon. And it looks like death while it's in that cocoon. But Lord, even like that caterpillar, I pray that as we are cocooned, that you would begin to do a transforming work in our hearts and our lives so that when this season ends, whenever it ends, that we would be able to emerge strengthened and ready to do your will and your purposes and to reach out to our neighbors and our nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Father, bring us through this season. Give us strength. Lord, we pray for your safety, your protection, and your guidance for your people. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Good morning, church. I'm not going to re-preach the sermon you just heard because it was really good. And when you get into God's word and you get a really good message, it's like having a really good dinner. And I don't want to take away from anything that Pastor Nate said because I think it's amazing. I actually never thought of the Israelites as being quarantined. I had thought of protection, but I had never, you know, correlated the two together. One of the things that I, I do, you know, want to re-echo is, you know, maybe you are going through frustrations and fears and all those things and those unknowns. I mean, uh, you know, we as Christians are commanded to walk out in, into the world we live in 
and we're going to experience the same things that our friends out there are experiencing. And the light that we are to be, that hope and light, is as we walk through those moments, they see a difference in us. And so, you know, right now, maybe you could make a difference by making a phone call, by, you know, doing a quick little video like this one right here, um, by taking a few minutes and encouraging someone, by reading scripture on, on a live video or something. Uh, to a large degree right now, the entire world is ground to a halt. And I believe, and there's only been, a, you know, a few handfuls of times in the history uh, of the world where it has slowed down to the point of a, a halt. Um, and in each of those times coming out the other side, there was revival. God wanted to do something. And friends, I believe he absolutely wants to do something. But the key point of Nate's message, Pastor Nate's message was, you know, that that time and what God was doing in that isolation, not just in them, but so that they could go out and do what they were made to do. You know, and I was really taken by that part of the revelation I took from what he said. You know, during this time of our lives, how many things were important to you going into this COVID-19? And how many things are important to you now? What are the priorities for you now? Where is your relationship with God on the priority list now versus before? Friends, I already know the answer. I already know that you're praying more. I already know that you're talking to your kids about God more because that is our nature. My question is, is it going to stay that way, increase or decrease when all of this ends? Because it will end. Everything has a season. We need to continue to pray for our nation. We need to continue to pray for our president. Released a $2.2 trillion stimulus package. We need to ask God to continue to bless uh, as there are huge needs. I mean, many, many, many people have not had salaries for uh, weeks now. And so the system is going to be overblown with needs. Church, we're going to have a chance to rise up and do something powerful in the days and weeks following. So it's with these words I want to say again. It's weird doing church this way. Uh, it's weird connecting with you this way. I'm used to seeing you and, um, you know, connecting with a handshake, which now it seems like that's almost a felony now. And, and a hug would be a big no-no. So uh, my dream is going to happen. We're going to be a hugless church. Um, but we have to walk through this season and make a difference in the lives of those we know. So once again, thank you, uh, Pastor Nate, for delivering a powerful word. And thank you for church for just being who you are continue to shine during this time let god continue to use you bless you have a great week in jesus name amen